cruising around in my slick Mazda Miata of space. It's Viju, please, a hateful voyage for the Delta Quadrant. My name is Joseph. Okay, well, I'm your often emotionally abused significant other, Peter. <laughs> I'm talking about Bolana Torres in case you <laughs> fucking thing. Hey, speaking of fucking things, season six, episode five, Alice. Yeah, I think I hated this. <laughs> I, I, I just I hated it. How about you? Funny you should mention that, Joe. I, I hated this goddamn thing, too. Hold on. There's a children's toy that's making bubbly noises because of uh, how much I'm yelling. <laughs> yeah, my basement's like a minefield of things that want to sing. And You have like two children under kindergarten age, so it's uh, natural. Tools for sanity. Um, hey, this, speaking this, of, unlike this fucking episode. <laughs> so I'm going to call this one uh, another Tom Axe dumb episode. I don't know if there's a cool, uh, I don't know, some way to condense that down. But I'm, I'm getting real tired of Tom Paris because this is what Tom Paris has been doing a majority of season five, season six, it seems like. Um, Vis-a-vis comes to mind. Uh, the Tom Captain Nemo episode comes to mind. I'm sure there's a couple other where. It's every Tom- fucking Tom episode. This is what we talked about when we reviewed the Barge of the Damned, right? Like, why is it every fucking character's episode is exactly the same? Why are all the Bolana episodes about how Bolana needs to grow past her temper and be accepted as a real like officer? Why is it that every single episode for Chakotay is him trying to come to terms with his spirituality? Why is and why is every episode about Harry Kim about why he sucks? Like why is every episode about Tom Paris about why he's an irresponsible dickhead? Like every time, I've been thinking a lot about this having listen to the uh, barge of the dead um <clears throat> it's becoming so pronounced at this point because it, it's not that it's gotten worse it's just that it's happened so many times the second entry into any character's turn as the focus of the story right it becomes one episode too many of you experiencing whatever the the defect in that character is that they're going to focus in on. And I'm fine with flawed characters if there is a overarching story that you're telling, but because of the episodic, the ship and not ship in a bottle, but the, the, the one-time serving nature of Voyager shows, right? Balana starts off cranky, Balana, uh, it becomes clear to everyone around Balana that her angst is being caused by her being half Klingon. And then some sort of closure on the episode where Balana finally grows as a person and moves past that problem until the next time they have a Balana episode where she goes through all of it again. It's not a consistent thing that she works on a little bit and slowly improves on. It's, it's a complete experience each time over and over again. So um, you know, we can jump back to the second entry for any of these episodes, these these characters, and the majority of that's season one, season two, and we were slow to we, we were quick to forgive in the beginning, but now at this point, it's reaching the fifth, sixth, in some case seventh time we've had to go through these stories with them. So 
it's not more egregious than any other entry. It's just it's happened so many times and we're so deep in. I mean, six seasons into telling the same stories over and over. And there's so much more we could be doing with these characters. And instead, it's just retreading old ground with new cosmetics on it. It's it. This episode is essentially 65 to 70 percent the same as vis-a-vis, right? Which was the other episode about Tom getting involved with someone's hot rod fucking shuttlecraft. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's not just the same themes. It's the same story beats over and over and over again. Except vis-a-vis, I felt was fucking awesome. And it had actually thing. some cool shit happening, you know, the body swapping and like the Tom choking. Act, you know, a lot of choking, you know, the captain choking and being choked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the a lot of uh Tom that actually was more beneficial for Tom's character growth because he was his maturity about like, no, I have a place here was actually a plot point. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is a regression in many ways. And it's uh it's getting very frustrating to watch at i i dare not actually speak positively of discovery but i want to use it as a basis of comparison for a second discovery's problem is it goes too hard in the paint with its character development everything is so earnest and so important and every moment is filled with so much emotion that it becomes parody right like you watch it and it's it becomes a parody of itself in how it overblows everything. Feels like a sketch TV show of itself. Yeah, it's trying to make every moment matter and for development to occur with characters, but it's just trying too fucking hard and it comes off as cringe and ridiculous. Whereas this is not trying hard enough and is giving you these single scoops, as you mentioned, these single servings. The show's continuity and ability to tell stories is suborned by the necessity that it remain as accessible as possible to as many people as possible, because as we have said 20 or 30 times, this is a show on network television. It is the anchor for the network, and they want as many people to be able just to watch an episode of the show and not have to fucking know anything else. So what what stands in the way of that is the idea that Tom would have grown, right? Like that Tom has changed, Tom has matured. Which they kind of started doing. Remember season two when there was a whole subplot about how he was running this deep cover operation of being a malcontent so that he could ferret out information about a traitor on board, you know, for on Janeway's behalf while they're running game on Chakotay and she he was just trusted to do that and shit like that. Like we have established Tom's like place and his supposed maturity probably over the course of a half dozen episodes already but it wasn't until i feel like season four or five that they threw it all out and i I wonder if that was a purposeful production choice to say we can't have too much continuity and i'm starting to i've convinced myself that that's the case i guess that's interesting we've certainly discussed what's happened to the feminine voice in the later seasons we've talked about uh, Bran Branagh's uh, darkening psychological tone of season five, which I think overall was good. Man, it, so the the hole in my theory is a lot of what happened in season five respected the continuity to show better than anything that happened before it. Yes, um, 
And in terms of specific character development that we saw in episodes that kind of went to the dark side and focused on specific characters and where they've been. Let me do a quick uh, recap of season six here. because so, so your hypothesis is something happened between five and six where the executive staff had to step back and say, listen, we need to to zoom this thing back out and make it more accessible. Um, maybe, maybe during season five, I don't know. Season five seemed to really res- respect the continuity a bit more than we've seen so far in season six. I don't know. I may be inventing this in my mind and it was, so it's Equinox, recency bias. Equinox, um, you know, obviously it ties into season, uh, five finale, but, pretty accessible there's nothing you well you know there's a recap in there so whatever but survival instinct so that's uh the borg quartet needing to shake off their their shared mind right that Um, was a good standalone episode good standalone barge of the dead was terrible i would say but again another standalone which completely out of place and and i wouldn't say that's a season six thing so much as Ronald Moore shoehorning a fucking stupid Klingon concept that was set too late in Deep Space Nine. So they set it too late in Voyager. But uh, again, something that's kind of a, a story out of season. And then the Tinker, Tenor, Doctor, Spy, again. Uh, it was a comedy episode. I mean, what? that's whatever, you know? I, I, I liked it. You didn't find it as funny as I did. But I, again, <laughs> it, it doesn't draw on anything deeper that we needed to know and and doesn't really play into a lot of continuity so i would say so far you're uh and, and and alice certainly so i'll be curious to see as we get deeper into season six if there does seem to be this scaled back sense of acknowledging um previous events the key premise of the episode here relies on the intrepid class starship voyager moopsing into a flea market. I thought the opener in this was, as is often the case with the bad episodes, the little cold open prior to credits so often does more world building and and brings more enjoyment than the rest of the episode combined. Uh, you know, they're trying to guess Tuvok's age, which very superficial and lighthearted, but like it's fun for me to watch and and more of the things I'm interested in. But yeah, they end up at a junkyard. Everything looks cool. And so far I'm on board. I like stuff where uh, Voyager's interacting with the economy of the Delta Quadrant and space stations and kind of peaceful interactions with merchants that they've just happened upon so far we're going strong yeah and the idea that all of this fantastic space technology that eventually gets worn out or replaced uh has a place to sort of sit and be picked over and stripped for parts or reutilized um is the sort of thing you would expect had to happen. There was a whole TNG episode, the unification episodes where there's a, a Federation run outpost of uh, a bone yard of old ships. A lot of the 
books and uh, comics and that sort of thing have have brought this topic up of old ships that they got to take out of mothballs because, you know, there's they've got problems with this or that species. and They need more ships and that sort of thing. So very cool. Of course, this would happen in the Delta Quadrant. Some guys willing to take trash, give a little bit of coin in return. He's really good at, at finding the valuable parts, trade to others. Side note, strong Neelix episode. It's nice to see him kind of return to relevance, kind of get back to the new Jack Neelix of old and try his hand at uh, space merchanting again. He actually comes in pretty strong towards the end. And the the guy who runs the junkyard is named Abaddon, who is played by John Fleck, who is a old hand at uh, Trek guest appearances. Uh, I remember him most strongly as Koval, which is a, a late DS9 episode, Inter Arms, Inter Arnum, Silent Legus. Latin. I'm Say that with a fuck. But uh, he's been an all he's he's Silicon Enterprise. He's uh, he's plays a, a Romulan, a Cardassian at one point. Like he's done it all. Yeah, he's from Cleveland, Ohio. So go us. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's ugliest sin. And uh, real, real showboaty, uh, very early tinges of, of uh, season one Neelix in there. And he kind of acknowledges Neelix as a kindred soul. Uh, they both dress like absolute garbage with uh, a, a little bit of cross complimenting on one another's garbage wardrobe. He, he, the very first thing that Abaddon does is compliment Neelix's discount African King outfit. So, <laughs> you know, they're on the same wavelength. They've got the same tailor. It's great. Mm-hmm. They get together their, uh what they want to go with. Uh, they've collected enough junk on Voyager. They're going to be able to get some trading. So then we get this um, scene with Chakotay where they're going over the final inventory. And uh, there's one ship in this junkyard that really catches Tom Paris's eye. And for what reason, I couldn't fucking tell you. That's one of the hardest pills to swallow in this episode is Tom's infatuation with this little rinky dink shuttlecraft. It's supposed to start with the fact that he just loves the way it looks. And it is the most generic ugly looks like it's made out of legos piece of shit that they came up with and had they actually used a really cool looking design maybe i would have had an easier time with this episode but it's just it's really a low point as far as ship build creativity goes for voyager which is already pretty bad it's just a cockpit right like there's nothing to the thing except it's just a cockpit with a couple doohickeys on on the quote-unquote wings i guess you'd say on the sides where it's supposed to be some ray guns there it is just kind of gray and dull there's nothing special looking about it something about like the front windshield really looks like they just took an old starfleet shuttle and redressed it too which it it feels like it was like their first concept drawing of the delta flyer yeah (laughs) they just had it laying around somewhere yes or like uh, someone's kid did like a class play because their dad was involved with Star Trek and and that was part of the set pieces that was supposed to be the Delta Flyer that they've, you know, he's like, no, don't worry, son, don't throw that in the trash. I'll put it in an episode. Um, instead, it is trash in this episode. <laughs> the the I think it's like in astrometrics where Tom's like, oh, look at how beautiful it is. Look at the lines on it. It's just it's a diamond in the rough. We have to get it. And it's just. Uh, it doesn't actually make sense within the episode's 
continuity because later on, spoiler alert, guys, uh, here's the spoiler. Don't fucking watch this one. So let me just tell you what happens. So you don't. Uh, at the at the end, it is revealed that Abaddon like was supposed to purposefully have given the shuttle over to Voyager because he had to find a correct pilot for it. But he doesn't actually do it. He does zero work to get Voyager to take the thing. And as Tom just sees it, decides he wants it. And at worst, like what? Abaddon makes it cheap from the to take it, I guess. Like it's it's dumb. It's super dumb. When he's like, oh my God, that ship's gorgeous. They've got, basically, it's like they're looking at eBay on the astrometrics view screen. Yes. And they're like, what, 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 which auction? Click to buy now. Click, <laughs> click that one on line four. And I'm like, oh, wait, that ship looks pretty dope. And then they go for the completely different ship. And the ship I was looking at that I thought looked cool was, um, what were those guys called uh, from the... The Janeway falls in love with the double agent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who those guys, what those guys were called. Devore, the Devore. They're oh. the Devore warship chilling out back there. I was like, oh, that's that's why I liked it. But no, it's this ugly little space turd. Um, he's trying to pitch it to Chakotay. He's like, listen, we need a ship. And Chakotay fucking drops this line that just, I feel like I run into a wall. He's like, well, gee, Tom, I don't know. Uh, we already have a full complement of shuttles. And it's like, excuse me, what? What? <laughs> what? Was this shown out of order? Was this supposed to be episode three, season one? Like, I know Kess would have been in there and not seven of nine, but a full complement of shuttles. Like, you guys have lost like 15 to this oh, point. The This memory elf on this episode, very, very, very light. But the only useful thing it mentions is that at the time that this dialogue you know, enters into the ether. Ten shuttlecraft have been lost on Voyager on screen. That seems low. Oh, I guess some of the crash landings they've been able to recover. To salvage them, right. The ten actually destroyed shuttlecraft. You listen, there's missing episodes somewhere in these seasons where they restock all of the shuttles and restock all of the photon torpedoes. Maybe maybe they took some of the shuttles off of um, the Equinox. No, it only had one shuttle left, remember? And they were trying to get to it and then it blew up. They actually like had dialogue in the episode about that, which is more dialogue than they ever devote in seven years of Star Trek Voyager to explain to you how 10 shuttlecrafts can explode on screen and how it is they still have them all. Where did they come from? Do they replicate them? Like what do they – what is what is there like a, a manufacturing assembly line that they have somewhere? Like what what is this magic? What is this sorcery? No. <laughs> So they land the deal. They get it. Um, If I'm to waste my breath trying to defend this episode, perhaps what's his name? Albden? Uh, Abaddon. Autobahn? Abaddon. It's it's actually the the name. uh, Abaddon is another name for the devil that specifically references its role as the deceiver. That's like the big hint. Oh, well, I'm just going to think of it as a bad one because. (laughs) So a bad one, um, maybe because he is under duress from the Christine. I'm sorry. Did I say Christine? I meant Alice. Very obviously, this is fucking a knockoff of Stephen King's Christine. Maybe he was fighting uh, the evil haunted 
demon or whatever that's that's trying to whatever and he doesn't push the shuttle onto them because he's he's just trying to keep it in the back lot out of the way so her evil does not continue but no it's just it's stupid continuity bullshit uh they get it they put it in a shuttle bay tom's working on it um go ahead and scratch your head right now that he doesn't involve his hot rod girlfriend at all, which was the big complaint about Vis-a-Vis and a couple other situations. Which was the resolution of Vis-a-Vis, that he brings her to his hot rod garage and say, I will now share this part of my life with you. (laughs) Right? Like, that was the big, oh, I'm going to grow in in my relationship with you by not excluding you from this, but including you in this because you're my hot rod girlfriend and I love you and I'm trying to grow as a person. Yeah, no, straight out the gate. We're just, uh, it's just him and Harry having bro time. We are trading ship's resources for another shuttlecraft on the promise that it has new technology. We can incorporate it. That'll make things better. Like this isn't, hey, Tom, it's your birthday. So we're going to give you this gift. It's this is ship's property. And Tom has volunteered to fix it with Harry helping him. But like there should be more hands involved on this. So it's silly that Tom's taking point almost the helmsman is taking point almost exclusively on what should be an engineering project. Uh, Harry Kim is involved. You might remember Harry Kim from Barge of the Dead as the guy who was caught up way past his bedtime working on a science project until he said, I'm tired and I'm going to sleep. Goodbye. As he does in this episode. Again, that's Harry's new motif is that I work late. And then I cry about it and I it's leave. supposed to be my day off. <laughs> like I'm not supposed to be here. Uh, quick, quick note, because it will be important for the rest of the episode in the briefing scene with Chicote, when Tom is trying to pitch the idea of buying the jalopy that is cursed. Uh, it, he mentions it has a couple key pieces, pieces of technology. One is an optronic weapons array, which never really gets explained, but apparently is good at beating tractor beams. That's like a, what it does and then it has a quote neurogenic interface so they know when they get it that it has an inter the way it interfaces with its pilot is that it dials into their brain so that it can be piloted peter can i make a a potential update to starfleet regulations here can, can i pitch to you the idea that there could be something that they can improve about Starfleet regulations. Is it going to be don't put the hell in your mouth? Yes. So, okay, noble listener, we're going to I'm going to indulge myself for a moment. Back in the day when Peter and I were involved in our other hobby that shall not be named, we both played characters that wound up in supervisory roles of other people. Okay. To make a very long story short. And the only problem that came with that is that the lot of, shall we say mentally uh, deficient folks also engage in this hobby and they love to do dumb shit with their characters so much so that we were constantly the janitors for their mistakes to a comical degree. To the point where I once created a flow chart about not licking things that came from hell because that was actually something that happened. Okay. And this is all in a, in a, a very wild role playing game context. But the point is, I had to create a flow chart to explain to people that if something came from hell, they shouldn't lick it. 
So for Starfleet, they really need a don't lick the hell mouse fucking rule, right? Like if it is something that ha- goes into your brain, how about we hit that with the tricorder for a little bit? Maybe have the doctor take a look at it. Maybe never actually fucking use it in its its state it's in and try and maybe recreate it with your own technology instead of putting alien things into your fucking brain. Maybe a little bit could be a good idea. Especially Tom. I'm always co-opted and put under alien fluences. Uh, Paris. He's definitely taken the throne from co-opte in that regard. He is co-opte gets tricked and lets his bleeding heart lead him astray. Tom just gets straight up fucking hoodwinked and bamboozled and, and, and magicked into these things. Like he might as well just have a yellow cape and a red vest and he can be the decoy Robin of Voyager. (laughs) All bad things happen to yet. He somehow survives every encounter. So yeah, they know goddamn well that this is like a feature. This is a, yeah, a reason they bought it. Right. Yeah. And the fact that your pilot is the primary investigator on this new technology with his buddy, Harry, which it makes sense for Harry to be involved, but but no Balana, and never at any point do they have the doctor look at this fucking thing or, oh, you know, the smartest woman, the smartest human in the universe, seven of nine, like unforgivably stupid procedure of plot here to ramrod yet another scenario where tom gets mesmerized by some outsider and starts acting the fool so yeah perry just sits there watches him put his head back into this fucking total recall machine (laughs) and what could possibly go wrong relive memories of his vacation to mars like Gee whiz. And as you said, from this point forward, the rest of the plot is a direct ripoff of the uh, seminal uh, a Stephen King novel, Christine, which is about an evil car that a that, you know, hijacks a dude's brain and makes him fix it and starts fixing itself and is secretly evil. That's it. Like it's who wrote that? absolutely a copy of it to the point where uh, it wasn't in the main episode Memory Alpha but it was in the memory alpha entry for the actual Alice ship that the episode was supposed to end with the ship showing back up at the, at the uh, junkyard awaiting its next victim. Julian Delane wrote this. Julian Delane is a plagiarist. Yeah. <laughs> like, to describe it. How does Michael Taylor and Brian Fuller see this thing and not go, no, we're not making like, this is we'll get sued. <laughs> do, you, no. do you get like a, uh, a, a Peabody award uh, hosted by the airport Ramada Inn, where they go great job on stealing yet another blockbuster movie and turning it into a rinky dink episode of Star Trek Voyager. boy, the audience will never ever be able to put two and two together and figure out what we, uh, where we got these ideas from. And I'm talking shit and I actually kind of liked the episode where they ripped off my fair lady, <laughs> but like they ripped it off. But they did it on purpose. This is trying to like convince you they're not doing it on purpose. It's it's stupid. <laughs> um, it's, it's awful. So um, yeah. So it it's it it scanned his brain, and uh, oh yeah, and like Tom named it Alice after some like 
ex-girlfriend of his that he probably turned into a sex puppet on the on the holodeck because we know how that's how tom rolls and um it starts starts hallucinating and seeing her walking around the hallway and never at any point does he go oh my god this is fucked up i should probably go see the doctor he just sweeps it all on the carpet and really starts throwing himself hard at fixing this thing a la vis-a-vis which we've already seen how this goes uh he blows off a date with harry kim to go play captain proton which boy wasn't that like rubbing salt in a wound to know that this could have been another cool Captain Proton episode and it said it was this bullshit. Yeah, like, oh, man, I would much rather have seen them, you know, deal with another uh, Queen Arachnia episode. Yes, they even <laughs> call her 100%. Which, uh, what was it? Uh, Bride of Chaotica. They even said, like, all right, I'm never running this program again. Like, we've had our fill, which, sure, I've sworn off, you know, drinking Everclear and, and vodka enough times that I know that things you say <laughs> under duress. The things you say in the aftermath of your bad decisions yeah. don't hold up after a while. Things you say while touching the toilet don't count for real. That's like crossing your fingers and making a promise. But I, I would have paid cash money for an episode where they they get their boss back into that slinky black cat suit <laughs> to go out there and ham it up again. Uh, that would have been great. How good for an episode to cold open with them dressed up in the Captain Proton stuff, right? And then and, like everyone's into it now like, and everyone's come around to it and something going terribly wrong. The program malfunctioning and crew members actually dying. And one of them would go, oh, God, why did why didn't I follow my own problem? <laughs> I should have never done this again. Shame on me for going back on my word. And then smash cutting to, to credits and uh, fun. I don't know anything other than what we actually get here. Yeah. So Tom's going through the motions of obviously being obsessed with the ship. You know, it's it's no secret to the audience. Right. We get a real early tease of like that. It's communi- you know, it's communicating as a quote unquote person with him while no one else is aware of that. So like the audience knows he's being fucked with. It's everybody else who has to somehow remain oblivious to this. Criminally uh, oblivious, negligent. Yeah. Uh, The the only, I think, interesting side plot item is seven, uh, seven of nine and Neelix talking about like they kind of got got by the trash dealer um, with what they acquired from him. Uh, But then seven uh, points out to Neelix that one of the things they got actually ended up being extremely valuable. Uh, Some a beryllium crystal, which ultimately uh, is something so valuable that. certain species would would pay whole fleets to get it i don't think i think this is the first time this has ever come up in star trek i don't yeah. think beryllium's a thing that's a fun um scene uh, the slow realization by balana that tom's a complete piece of shit and every time so on the positive side of character development we have demonstrated that tom is the person who discovers the next cool thing on Voyager yo-yos Captain Proton hollow novels. There's been a couple other little doodad phases ping pong um, that he's brought around. And Bellana will point out that every time he discovers a new fad, she takes a back seat in his life. He ignores her to focus on whatever uh, his new thing is until finally he gets bored with it and comes back to her. 
if that's not if that should have been the, the moment where she realizes like fuck this I need guy to, yeah I'm i need done. to leave this guy <laughs> this is a bad relationship and i need to leave him it's one thing for him to be a piece of shit but it's another thing for her to be perfectly cognizant of the fact that he is a piece of shit and stay with him regardless even though she's got this bad temper and doesn't take shit from anybody so like that's that's some real crappy uh some real shitty shit also some real shitty shit this garbage <laughs> This garbage bag they make Robert <laughs> Duncan McNeil wear. Add this to like the mind boggling pyramid of what the fuck going on in this episode. They find the most ill fitted trash bag. Like, yeah, it's a straight up like a thin nylon jumpsuit. They used I mean, to sell these things right back in the 90s. Sweatsuits, no breathable like rubber material that you would put on pants and a, 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 a for real sweatshirt, not like, like a nice cotton poly blend, but a rubber fucking shirt. So as you would work out, you would sweat more to lose more weight. And that's what this fucking thing looks like. It's ill-fitted. It's terrible. And he wears it the rest of the episode, even to the point where like Chakotay calls him out and says, hey, man, you need to get back in your uniform. Nobody ever actually enforces it. But could you imagine having your helmsman rolling around in a foreign uniform of service. Like what in the fuck? Another thing that very clearly Tom is real fucked up and there needs to be some degree of intervention by anybody beginning with maybe, Oh, I don't know the often absent security chief who just seems completely oblivious to common sense occurrences around him. Or, his best friend who notices all of these things and no doubt is aware of all the other times Thelm has been mentally hijacked yeah, and should be like, man, I think maybe uh, we need to look at the ship that has, you know, brain fuckery in it because, you know, uh, Tom went ahead and, you know, scanned his, his thinking juice into it. And uh, I think it might be messing with him. Like that's, that's not exactly a leap, right? Like that's not getting out your jump Joe. to conclusions, Matt. That is just like, huh? <laughs> Yes. Yes, Peter. Harry's a sleepy boy. <laughs> he's so sleepy. He he's got to put on his mask. He's put on his mask. He needs to think about being in his mother's womb. Laying there on his bed, rigid, hands rigid. open, palms to his hips. <laughs> like a psycho. <laughs> like Maybe he gets off on this. Maybe he gets off on Tom being like uh uh, mesmerized and bamboozled and 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 jerked around by uh, foreign entities. Uh, there's one part, like this little ongoing thing, where the ship needs more parts, and Chakotay is like, "No, I can't. I'm not going to give you our spare emergency parts. Those are important." And he's like, "Well, how about we replicate them?" He's like, "But that takes energy." Like, I think they should have explored for like a hot second that he could have like suck dick and gotten trans or, uh, replicator rations off other crew members and like even that's not good enough they're like no that takes energy i'm not i'm not replicating those either so he's stealing it and and as he's kind of slipping into madness uh finally we see that he's actually full-on manifesting this um uh this hallucination of the ship and the ship i don't know what the lady's name is who is embodying alice but uh She's got the crazy eyes. It's basically Macho Man Randy Savage, perhaps Ric Flair in a wig and 
eyes are 100% open 100% of the time. So if you like seeing the whites of someone's eyes, you are going to love this ship's uh, hallucination of Alice. Yeah, she definitely does crazy eye very well. She's like, hey, steal all the parts. And he's like, what, do you want me to get demoted even more? And I was like, oh, my God. The ship just mentioned that Tom was in another episode doing kind of the same thing, going off the deep end on a pet project where he got demoted. I'm amazed they would bother bringing that to light when he does finally start stealing the parts. I think it was relativity. Was that the the time travel fun episode with time police? Mm hmm. They made a new set piece augmentation in the Jeffries tube where a panel opens up and there's some crystal relays behind it. That's where the bomb was hidden before. This thing has gotten a lot of screen time since then. Um, I want to say hey, it's been... you build a prop. You better use it. <laughs> there's like a there's like a pit boss working for Paramount and he comes in and makes sure that anything they're putting money in gets used at least three times. This thing's the new Cardassian hallway. Oh, God. Rest in peace, Cardassian Hallway. That was the good old days. They talk about strong continuity. (laughs) We just kept showing up. You know, going back to the absurdity of Tom willing to put his brain into this, like, keep in mind, this is a junkyard. Tom has neurally interfaced with a piece of literal space garbage. (laughs) They're watching. (laughs) Like, for real, Go out to the curb in front of someone's house and open up the trash can and just pull any old vacuum cleaner or blender and just rub it to your temple. And that's what this guy's doing. right. <laughs> well, take a piece of garbage someone thrown out that is specifically designed to interface with your brain, but doesn't work anymore. And you don't know where it's been and then plug it in and put it in your brain and just see what happens. God, what's, this, vib- what's this vibrator doing in the trash? I don't know. Hey man, put it in your ass. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Well, should I don't know. Off first? No, well, no. Let's, let's, let's see what it does. <laughs> should I should I let the doctor look at it first? Because there's that rule that before we fuck something, the doctor has to sign off on it. No, just put it in your ass. Well, I mean, <laughs> should my girlfriend at least be there before I put this in my ass? No, dude, I'm here. It's cool. <laughs> Harry Kim's fucking terrible friend. They're all- all terrible like he goes around acting as suspicious as he can like there's like you've went through it all there's nothing more tom paris could have done in this episode to tell everyone in his life i am under alien control i am acting weird i'm wearing terrible clothes that are gonna make me sweat and stink i'm obsessed with the ship that taps into the brain this is a cry for help from stem the stern and at the end when Bolana is trying to complain about what's going on to the captain she she's like eh, tom's just being dumb <laughs> boys will be boys Bolana. you've been in major fights before i'm sure him swinging you around the hallway and slamming you in the bulkheads just you know par for the course like isn't that how Klingons fuck anyway? I mean, I'm not an expert, but could she could Janeway have been any worse in this episode as <laughs> out of character and crazy batshit crazy as she was in Equinox part two, just 100 percent going off the deep end. I would say she's worse in this episode. Um, but yeah, your your recap on Tom is great, by the way, like stealing things, slinking about dressing like a complete fucking hobo. <laughs> He grows the worst beard ever. I don't know if it's fake hair they're gluing to his face or if that's probably like legit actually. Beard. 
that's gotta it's gotta be fake if that looked that was bad enough that i certainly hope it was fake he's looking all cracked out bags under his (laughs) eyes i mean it's like a rick and morty sketch right like (laughs) this guy is very obviously possessed short of like the little nubby Ten, what was the what, what what's the right thing to call those guys from season one? Remember they shoot Remick and he explodes and bugs go flying everywhere. What what the yeah. hell are those things called? Like, I don't I don't remember, but I certainly remember what you're talking like about. Like little alien, like fucking bug arms growing out of his neck, <laughs> and and maybe if he was just sweating green slime and his eyes were gone, like he couldn't look any more out of place, fucked up, and everybody's just completely oblivious this is as bad as it's been since you know whatever the last time uh balana went off the deep end and it was very clearly not okay and everybody just wants to ignore how fucked up she is emotionally um, oh, that was the that was extreme risk where she was like had her secret murder a uh, secret cardassian murder slash gangbang cave yeah uh we got the part where balana admits that she's uh second place we also have yet another entry into Balana versus Rogue AI. Yes. Balana gets her ass kicked by Rogue AI. She they find out because they're testing some of this other alien stuff. And again, like the hey, we bought a bunch of junk from the junkyard and now we're testing it out and seeing what's good and what's bad. Like that's a cool thing. I enjoy that. That's that's neat space stuff. And that's a cool connective tissue. It's just a shame that the story it's supplementing is dog shit but they're trying some new power relays and like we're getting some weird fluctuations and then kim's like well you know it's within uh allowances and she's like not on my shifts and they take a closer look and see that someone has stolen a bunch of shit out of the wall and she's like oh that motherfucker tom i bet he's doing it for you know this dumb pet project i'm not allowed to see she goes into the shuttle bay sees all of her stolen crap laying all over the place and Goes into the shuttle and the shuttle. It's like, gotcha, bitch. Venus flytrap closes the doors up, sucks all the air out. Uh, this is like time number six, seven, eight that Balana has been assaulted by crazy robots. Minimum of fifth, I think. Minimum of fifth could be more. I'll have to it, feature police trauma support group. You know what to do. Uh, <laughs> what has happened check. more? Uh, fact fact up- check it for us. <laughs> Shuttlecraft's going down or Balana getting roughed up? Oh, I think Balana getting roughed up is certainly less than Shuttlecraft going down. I mean, there was there was a quite a adventure on uh, uh, there was quite a run on Shuttlecraft getting blown up there seasons one through three. They kind of calmed it down. Yeah, they finally are like, oh, I think we do this too much. <laughs> but uh, God, have you actually seen the season? Like we are out of control. We have a problem. Um, So ultimately, the hold on one second. I think my dog snoring is probably coming through the mic. Yeah, One I hear second. it. Sev, Severus, I know you're you're snoring and it's adorable. Go in, go in, go in, buddy. Not that I don't love you, but you're you're too close. Okay, he's in his crate now. He's a good boy. Tom confronts Bellana for snooping in on his stuff. She spills the beans that she knows that. Uh, he stole all the stuff and also that the ship tried to kill him. There's the aforementioned throwing around the hallway with Bolana going to Janeway to cry about it. I and That's where Janeway does that. Eh, whatever. It's just dumb. And then I'd I be think, like, are you fucking possessed by this thing, too? Like, 
are you crazy or stupid? Balana should have kicked his ass in that hallway and she should have dragged him up to the fucking bridge by his throat. That yeah, would have been she's got cool. Klingon super strength. Absolutely. Fucking lutely. That's what should have happened. That's yeah. That's my what boyfriend's I mean. acting like he's possessed. Doctor, Again. please scan him. Again. <laughs> Every time Tom gets like this, I just kick his ass and drag him into sick bay. And that's what keeps our relationship fresh. Janeway looks at her like Tom acting strange. Never, never in a million years. Blanche had been like, do you not remember the time he choked the shit out of you? Like, this is totally something <laughs> that happens. To <laughs> but they are interrupted by the news that, uh, well, guess what? Tom is getting away in his in his in his uh, shuttlecraft. Would you call and, it a Miata? Yeah, at Mazda Miata, you know, tiny two seater. And, uh, you know, she uses the weapons to disrupt the tractor beams and warps away. And the Voyager's like, well, shit. There's also some talk of multiphasic shielding, which seems like another big deal tech point. Like, didn't Q, Lady Q, give Voyager multiphasic shielding so it could, like, hide in a supernova? And that was, like, a real big fucking deal? Yeah, multiphasic sh- shielding is... One of those, I guess you'd call it like uh, uh, techno babble, you know, for this has really good shields, but they don't explain what multiphasic shielding is actually supposed to mean. Like, what makes it special? It's multiphasic. What does that mean? Multiphasic. It's one of those things. I don't remember if that's the exact phrasing used for the lady Q getting into the civil war reenactment, but it could very well have been. Hmm. Well, uh, the ship scoots off. So Voyager's like, well, guess we'll just backtrack a week and go back to that junkyard. And, uh, they grab they grab, uh, a bad one. Yes. <laughs> and they say, Hey, why don't you? And he's like, no, I'm going to be very hostile now suspiciously and i'm going to train a bunch of weapon systems on you and we get i thought some really smooth line delivery by uh neelix where he plays his hand that he's got a super valuable brilliant sphere that is worth big money and i'm just like watching neelix work and i'm like i like this character i want more of this character like they should make him a main you know player on the show they should i know they've they've they got him as a recurring character but maybe deserves to be a main character i think i mean really like (laughs) i dig ethan phillips i understand his plight being buried under all that makeup i know they gave him a a goofy shit character i think he's done a lot with it and and watching him say these lines on the bridge like i do genuinely want to see more again the neelix stuff in this i thought was good i like how they directly call his shady um space merchant past up in this neelix talks about how he's grown into his new rule role as an ambassador and a uh and the cook and how he's kind of you know come to new terms and and likes his new life like there's cool stuff there but so he bribes this guy to come on hey give us some info on this and a bad one starts kind of laying things out oh yeah that ship the previous owner said it was haunted. I tried to use it a towing vessel. And then he starts getting into like the more gritty details. And then I thought it was a cool exchange where you see a female member of his species 
pop in out of nowhere glaring at him and it's the same actress that they have playing Alice and she's still got the wide open Ric Flair eyes and she's like staring he's like oh shit and uh, starts having like a psychotic breakdown in the briefing room as well, it's, more, it, it's more than that he has a uh, cerebral hemorrhage so like it was it was actually trying to kill him uh, so the, the it gets revealed after he freaks out and and, and passes out that Whatever rewiring occurred due to the, you know, the neurogenic interface that no one should use, uh, it made it so not only did it direct your actions, but also could uh, kill you if you narked on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a standard feature that comes direct from factory like that. I think they should have had like nanites that this thing is pumping into him. And that's how like the fact that it just rewrote his memories or whatever to like permanently place this this enforcer this um hallucination enforcer seems a little weak so i think had there been like a nanite component to this it would have been a little bit more star trekky for me uh but basically uh it kills him but the doctor is able to necromancy him back up and he goes yeah that ship's fucking crazy uh, it said I was a shitty pilot and my only, you know, function in life anymore was to find a suitable pilot for it, which we've already said he totally didn't do. And that's kind of a plot failing there. I forget how it is they're able to finally figure out where the fuck Tom flew off to. If you're getting kind of shades of threshold at this point. Sure. Why not? We're right back into uh, the argument that Tom never really grows and it's the same Tom story. Over and over again, Tom wants to be off in the unknown, doing great things, you know, flying spaceships at high velocity vis-a-vis threshold. Take your pick. Uh, they find. No, that's right. Seven of nine is able to do. So we went. If you're doing something dirty on the down low in Voyager. I think the last place I would try to do that is the fucking lion's den of astrometrics where the <laughs> smartest human being in the universe hangs out and does her job. Like, are you trying to get caught? Because Seven just totally walks in and sees his flight plan is like, what's up with that? And he lies sloppily through it. And Seven, just like everybody else, kind of like, okay, your shoulders. That's not suspicious at all. <laughs> like, I'm the smartest human alive. You're fine. Uh, the, Why are you wearing your trash bag s- suit, which now very clearly has like USB ports on the front. They're going to plug into your heart. Eh, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. OK, cool. The end of the episode is Tom trying to pilot the ship into what they call a particle fountain, which the ship says is her quote unquote home. So there's a little backstory to this ship that we never get right. Like. This ship has a history. It's sentient for some reason. It might be from another dimension. No one knows, right? But they, it's going towards this anomaly. That's how they figure out where it's going is that it's the only thing that it could possibly be going to in the part of space it was headed towards. Two things. One, there's a throwaway line by Jane, which goes, oh, God, a particle fountain. Starfleet lost over a dozen ships trying to investigate this. Like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> St- what, what what crazy admiral was behind this scientific endeavor? Like, <laughs> like blow uh, up 12 ships? Probably cost you like 1,300 dudes at a minimum. Are we talking about like shuttlecraft? Like we lost like a Voyager worth of shuttlecraft? Are we talking about like 
O-Births. Like... <laughs> so we had to make the Nova-class ship because we lost all the O-Births. Yeah. Because Admiral Crazy Train took them all out to the Particle Fountain. They got you know, blown up. Prior to Wolf 359, the Particle Fountain debacle of 24-whatever was like the worst thing to ever hit Starfleet. It was crazy. And then, yeah, this this whole particle fountain is my home. Wow, that seems like there's an interesting story there. What's going on? You never know. They never they never actually explain it. Doesn't happen. The the episode wraps with them having this contrived. We have to uh, distract Tom from stopping us from helping him. So we're going to have Bolana beam into his brain so that she can like, you know, use the power of love, whatever to like distract him, except uh, it only kind of works. And Tom Paris does nothing whatsoever heroic in defense of himself his his girlfriend or his ship and basically just has to get subdued and dragged back to the ship against his, uh, you know, against his better attempts to prevent that from happening. It is the least heroic possible ending for the character this is supposed to be about. Yeah, Tom's just a bitch the whole time. So he doesn't overcome sh- at, at the last second and is like, no, I reject. Get me out of here. You know, like nothing. None He's just that. like, everybody quit talking to me. I just want to be alone. Wah. He's sitting in the chair. It's not just the neural link on him. Like, there's tubes going into his garbage bag suit. Like, I think they should have went full Borg. Like, there should have been visible cords and cabling, like, going into his skin. And I think it should have been some really gruesome shit. But this is very clearly a low-budget episode, as you can tell by the worst shuttlecraft they could have possibly used in it. I, I don't know. Again, I, I would have liked to know why it was going towards this particle fountain. But literally, as soon as Tom's beamed out, the ship explodes. The first thing out of Janeway's mouth is plot a course for home. And she spins on her heel never to give a fuck about any of this again. And we close off with a picture of uh, Tom and Bolana that uh, baby Wildman had drew. Clearly, she's never seen Tom's hair before because he's got like this bull haircut. (laughs) It's another one of the producer's children did that one. Yeah, man. Uh, I, you know, to your point about sending over Bolana, like realistically, they may as well just send over fucking Harry Kim or the doctor or something, because there's such bad chemistry still between these two characters. That's just eye roll city. Embarrassingly bad. Embarrassingly bad. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do know. I don't know how else you describe it. And I don't understand at this point how it could possibly be uh, even excused why in the hell have you gone all in on this as your ship romantic pairing this is it this is it for the whole series bro this is it this is our romantic pairing tom paris and Bolana torres these two have a negative chemistry they just they have nothing together the best they, they've had like a couple good scenes all right let me bring that back a little bit there was the episode where it was the fake metal people, the the sequel to Demon, uh, Course yeah. Oblivion. Mm-hmm. That was a great scene. We've had the a couple good scene. They had a couple good moments actually in the Ponfar uh, Blood Fury episode, where you know, like she wants to fuck real bad, and yeah, he's where Tom to... all of a sudden develops morals and wants to blue baller to death. Literally refusing to fuck her to save her life. (laughs) 
And like there's there's had a couple scenes, but otherwise these two are fucking terrible together. And I just don't fucking understand. Like, why? Why? I know they're going to get married. I know they're going to have a kid. I mean, does the relationship ever become believable? No, it never gets any better than this. Never makes a turn. It bad. It real bad. Well, that's uh, very fitting. You got anything else to say about this piece of shit? Man, I'm, I'm just looking at season six and I'm not I'm not I'm not hopeful, man. It's just nothing here for weeks is is going to be something worth talking about. That's what I'm that's what I'm really worried about. Worry about this season six, episode six riddles. And we've got Neelix, Tom and Harry sitting around the mess hall returning from an away mission. The Delta Flyer is boarded. And Tuvok is assaulted by a cloaked alien from a xenophobic race called the Beneath. Sounds like uh, a lot of stuff we've already done. You know, I, this one I don't remember very well at all. So I'm going to just hold out hope that my ignorance will be rewarded with. Uh, oh, that wasn't bad. <laughs> at right? this point, I'll take it because yeah. I don't think short of. And again, I mean, the. The Borg Quartet episode wasn't bad but it wasn't great like there really hasn't been anything great in season six yet no there really hasn't you are correct if you have not watched alice never ever watch alice you're not missing out on anything except for a little bit of cool neelix dialogue and even that's not worth sitting through the rest of this yeah i'm I'm a little i don't know like it's been so long since I've watched this. I guess like you get that sense of like, oh yeah, Voyager got better as it went along, and that was true for a while. But this is just we went Equinox Part Two, interesting but failed into a couple key places. Survival Instinct, pretty good. Barge of the D- Dead, uh, bad. I, I I started out as medium on it, and you immediately convinced me it was bad. Uh, Tinker Tenor, Doctor Spy. It was a comedy episode, so completely subjective on if you think it's funny or not. Alice, bad. There's a couple more here that I'm seeing that are coming up that are just I know are bad that are that I do remember. Um, it gets there are some things to look forward to from a Viger Please perspective. Uh. Fairhaven, for example, uh, and it's follow up spirit folk. <laughs> yes, we do that twice. There's the uh, the the episode with the rock is in this season. Oh, God. <laughs> so we got that. We also have uh, we have really cool stuff of like Voyager and like actually making progress on getting home. There's a couple there's a couple episodes that deal with that in ways that is that are really cool. Um, and. Uh, the actual f- season finale this is uh, for this episode for the seasons is good too in my opinion it's one of the more redeemable borg centric episodes but um yeah man season six is not it's not good it's not it's not looking good thanks for listening to Vija please Havel voyage the delta quadrant and we'll see you next week if you can stand to keep up on this fucking <laughs> show god knows god knows it's hard for us <laughs> <laughs>